Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. How cool is that? We're your hosts. My name's Chris Alfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we are tackling 1993 and we're going to do August 19th through 25th. How about that? All right. August 19th. Clinton finds executive privilege extends to golf. President Clinton played in the sweltering heat Wednesday before flying back to Washington and beginning the last phase of his three-state vacation. The president spent two nights at a lakeside home in northwest Arkansas after two days in Vail, Colorado. Over the course of five days, he found time for three golf matches, went horseback riding, and dove into Beaver Lake for a long swim. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Clinton began Wednesday's game at Champions Golf Course and Country Club in nearby Rogers by stretching and complaining, <laughs> oh god, I am sore. <laughs> this is in the article. <laughs> Temperatures climbed toward 100 degrees by the afternoon. He wasn't happy with his first drive, which whistled through the leaves on nearby oak trees. Hit another one if you want to, Mr. President, offered David Matthews, a former state legislator who joined Clinton and the four other golfers. It's just a drill. Is it okay? Clinton asked the others. You're the president of the United States. You can do whatever you want to, Matthews assured him. That's how it all got started. Oh my God. But Clinton wasn't happy with his second drive either. Nope, that was worse, he said. I rushed it. Matthews teed off before Clinton and sent his ball toward a stand of trees. Those trees are mostly air, Clinton said, apparently trying to reassure Matthews. <laughs> Matthews declined the offer of another try from the first tee. He said, a Democrat from Benton County has to be able to go around a lot of obstacles, referring to the fact that Northwest Arkansas, where they were playing, generally has been a Republican stronghold in national elections. This is the best article. Who doesn't love a good redo? A little <laughs> mulligan, if you will. Does that like meet the criteria of a mulligan or was that just a straight up like straight, straight up fuckery. Okay, I'm not, uh, I'm not well First on the rules of golf. Oh, we're on a roll. Let's let's do August 20th. All right, moving on. Home video. Tapes priced at $14.98 are selling briskly. Now a distributor has decided to see if a $14.98 price tag will stir more interest in laser discs. Ooh. In October, Image Entertainment, which distributes discs for Fox and other studios, will release a $14.98 laser edition of Fox's Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, this would have been the pre-Mara Wilson one, I think. Mm. As this was 93, so Mara Wilson would have been just doing Mrs. Doubtfire right now. Their good pal Robin Williams. Classic. Yeah, so this would have been like the 19, what, 30s, 1940s version? Yeah, the Super Bowl one. Anyway, article goes on to say, our goal is to bring out one big title a month at that price, said Martin Greenwald, the president of Image Entertainment. Disc prices are usually $35 to $40. Holy shit. The idea is to promote 12-inch disc players, which many people in the business had expected to be far more popular than they have been so far. About a million Laserdisc players have been sold at this point, compared to 80 million VCRs. That explains that. Yeah. 35 to 40 bucks is crazy. I think if you want to know a good reason why Laserdiscs never caught on, I ran the numbers. 35 to 40 dollars adjusted for inflation in 2016 is 58 to 66 dollars. For a movie? Yeah. Fuck for that. a copy of a movie, like, Blu-rays are what, like 29 bucks? Yeah, that's nutty. August 21st. Mother Teresa in hospital. Nobel laureate Mother Teresa was admitted to the intensive care unit of a New Delhi hospital Friday after she developed fever and a lung infection, her physician said. The Roman Catholic nun who had come to New Delhi to receive an award was in stable condition, according to her doctors. Mother Teresa was such a big deal in the 90s. Don't you, do you remember that? Yeah, there's a lot of... Controversy? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, but we'll, I mean, like... We'll get into that at some point. Yeah, I think one day we're going to have to do a lot of research and just come back and oh, talk God. Mother Teresa one day, it's, but... It's very serious. She Let's... was generally, at the time, just synonymous with doing really good. At the time, I up. think that's fair. At the time, yeah, definitely. Anyway, moving on to the 22nd of August. Police identify body linked to Joel Rifkin. The New York State Police today identified the remains of a woman whose body they were led to by Joel Rifkin, the accused serial killer. Police uncovered her body in a wooded area off Route 31 in Southampton on June 29th after Rifkin told them he had buried the body there. That's real fucked. That is fucked. Also, it reminded me of, uh, you know that Seinfeld episode where Elaine dates a guy named Joel Rifkin? Yes. Interesting thing about that, when Elaine convinces him to change his name, one of the things she comes up with when looking through a magazine is OJ. OJ. Yeah. And this predated the OJ murders by almost a year. Oof. Crazy coincidence. All right. August 23rd. Leader of Porno Ring says 500 Marines involved. A home repair fix-it man described by police and military investigators as the leader of a gay Marine porno production ring said Sunday that more than 500 active duty personnel at Camp Pendleton have been involved in this mail order video operation. Bobby, aged 39, who agreed to an interview on the condition that his last name not be published, but whose identity was confirmed through law enforcement sources, said many more Marines nationwide have occasionally taken part in heterosexual and homosexual video pornography. They do it mainly for the money, he said, adding that Marines are frustrated with the Corps' low pay, which doesn't go very far in such expensive areas as North San Diego County. Wow. That's interesting. Also, the word porno ring isn't really a word you hear anymore. Like, no. I'm pretty sure that's just a business now. Like, it would just be... Cornering? Yeah, like... Brazzers? Gay yeah. porn industries. It's just a thing. A bang bus for all of us. Also on this date, a story in wireless communication. The New York metropolitan area is now the country's second largest cellular phone market with about 678,160 subscribers, more than three times the number in 1989. Keep in mind, this is only 93, so that's four years later. And experts see even more growth, partly as a result of recent moves to accommodate the increase in such traffic. Last year, an additional code was created in Manhattan to handle a high rise in cellular phones and pagers, and in recent weeks, the the Port Authority said it was considering a plan to equip the Holland and Lincoln tunnels with antennas to allow the use of phones. Experts expect to see similar rises in portable fax machines and laptop computer modems. Portable fax machines. <laughs> portable faxes. Also, like, oh, they caught the on. nation's second largest phone market with two thirds of a million people. That's Hilarious. A, yeah, that's funny. That's like, I don't know, any region nowadays. Pretty much. Okay, weird aside here. I kind of like how everything in the States is an authority. The Port Authority? Port Authority, Bridge Authority. I authority. <laughs> like there's just so much of, I don't know, authority is such a interesting word to, I don't know. To All Americans haven't capitalized on it since then, so it died off too. Anyway, that was a weird aside and I think I'll move on now. To August 24th, Walmart on trial on predatory pricing charges. Walmart Stores Incorporated and its pricing practices went on trial yesterday in an Arkansas courtroom. Lots of Arkansas news this week. Mm. Where three independent pharmacies are trying to prove the nation's largest retailers sold merchandise below cost cost in an effort to drive competitors out of business. The pharmacies charged that Walmart violated the Arkansas Unfair Practices Act, which forbids selling merchandise below cost for purpose of injuring competitors and destroying competition. They're seeking $1.1 million in damages. Huh, yeah. That sounds like Walmart. Oh yeah, though. classic Walmart. Classic, classic Walmart. Walmart, which may have not been classic at the time. Contemporary Walmart. August 25th. Shack Attack is unveiled in Tokyo. Forget finesse. Forget subtlety. When Shaquille O'Neal met the Japanese news media for the first time yesterday, the subject was breaking backboards and how to dunk. I've broken five backboards and fractured one. <laughs> O'Neal, in Tokyo as a part of a promotional tour for Reebok, told a standing room only crowd consisting mostly of Japanese
Japanese reporters, and I plan to do it a couple times more. The Orlando Magic Center made good on that promise immediately afterward, much to the delight of a few thousand fans at Tokyo's Ariake Coliseum for the All Japan 3-on-3 Championship. Oh, Shaq. Shaq was so... Mm. Shaq continues to be the best, however... In the 90s, he was the best. Oh, We're going to have mean, to have a whole podcast yeah, dedicated he was to the, Shaq. Like, he was the coolest. He was unbeatable, except oh, yeah. for that time Aaron Carter beat him. Lest we Un, forget. Yeah, unreal basketball player. Do you think, like, anyone, like, has LeBron James or anyone lived up to that Shaq and Michael Jordan godlikeness? Kind of. Uh, time will tell. Yeah. Time I, guess, will tell. I guess we'll have to look back and, and see how that lives up. I think that's about it for that week. Yeah, let's news. jump straight into the box office. All right, what do we got? In the number one spot, The Fugitive. Nice. I didn't do it. I don't care. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. Number two, we have Hard Target. No idea. And then The Secret Garden, Rising Sun, and a classic in the number five spot. One of my top three, Jurassic Park. That was beautiful. (laughs) Moving on, we've got In the Line of Fire, followed by Free Free Willy. Oh, that that was a good 90s movie. It was. Um, Moving down the list at number 12. Oh, whoa. 11? 10? Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. Can't skip by that. 11, Jason Goes to Hell for the final Friday. Yeah, okay. Which may not have been the final Friday. Not so much. Followed by number 12, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Great, great Mel Brooks movie. Yeah. Oh, you know what's holding on? It's not even, it doesn't even have a number next to it, but below 16. The last action hero, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I watched this. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I watched, you watched this it recently. Movie. I right? watched it a couple months ago. Yeah. It is not that good. It is actually directly paired, or uh, it is called out on The Simpsons with uh, Rainier Wolfcastle. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, oh. McBain, I'm a huge fan of your movies, but your last one just stunk. Magic <laughs> ticket my ass. Yeah. Or butt, maybe. Anyway, that just about finishes off the movies. Let's check out music this week. All right, the Billboard Hot 100 in the number one spot. Can't help falling in love from the movie Silver by UB40. Yeah, this is obviously that really reggae Elvis cover that was huge in the 90s. Yep. Also, I looked into the band UB40. That is the name of a British unemployment form. So this that's is... That's cheeky. That's why they... Yeah, this is the no, 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 yes, no ah. of British band names. Uh, uh, for those of you who are not Canadian or just unfamiliar, if you're on unemployment in Canada, which is where you know, the government gives you a payout while you're looking for work so you don't go destitute, you have to answer a questionnaire where the answers are always in order. No, no, no. Yes, no. If you're ever on unemployment insurance, I'd recommend reading the questions and answering them truthfully, but that's the order. The answers are no, 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 yes, no. Moving down the list, we've got Whoop, There It Is by Tag Team. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. Whoa, I'm seeing this for the first time. When Chris didn't read them last week, it inspired me. At number three, I'm gonna be 500 miles by The Proclaimers. Such an awesome song. This song had such a second wave over the last, like, five years. It's just so good. Like, it's it a is. timeless song. Yeah. Like, it could have been a 90s song. It could have been a 70s song. It could be a 2000s song. It will continue on. It will live, thrive, and survive. Yes. Uh, moving down the list, we've got Slam by Onyx. Um, I don't really... I, I listened to this song last night, but I, I don't remember, remember it already. Right. Uh, number five, and closing out the top five, uh, Lately by Jodeki. Yeah, featuring Stevie Wonder singing oh. on that one. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, moving down Oof, the list. Number eight. 
eight, Runaway Train by Soul Asylum. Yeah. One hit wonder, but a great, great song. Mm -hmm. Moving down the list, uh, at number 12, Woot There It Is by 95 Self. Not to be confused with our number two song this week, Whoop There It Is by Tag Team. The chorus is virtually the same. Moving down the list a little at number 16, we've got Show Me Love by Robin S. Not to be confused with the 1997 song Show Me Love by Robin. Completely different songs, this time just the same name and very similar artist names. Very confusing. Moving down the list, there's not a lot that's exciting here. At 23 and on the way up, we have all right by crisscross featuring Supercat. yeah we have a billy joel on song yeah. on here 24. i had i'm not gonna lie i had another <laughs> okay so when we saw billy joel at bonnaroo yeah uh you were up close i was farther back so you didn't see all you didn't witness all of my oh this is a billy joel song moments <laughs> there were at least 10 of them oh yeah i am not great with music before the 90s so it came to a huge surprise that he had so many hits and i thought those moments were over but when I saw this, I was like, oh, it's a Billy Joel song. <laughs> Let's close this out at number 25. Um, I might close it out at like 42 oh, or Holy 41. shit. Okay, well, though, I would like to close it out at 25. Check yourself. Ice Ooh. Cube, holy shit. Staying ever vigilant. Always reminding us to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Good idea. It is always good to remain vigilant. It might have been the whitest way I could have said that. Definitely. I would like to, yeah, mention one more song because we don't mention enough alternative music. Fair enough. Uh, 41, we've got Creep by Radiohead. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. What a fantastic song. It's... Now, Radiohead is a band that I really need to get. They are huge and iconic, but there's something about them that I just don't really get. Like, they've got huge hype, and I'm not, uh, I don't I don't quite get it. So, if, you know what? I don't if quite you're get out it there and you I'll are real. really into Radiohead, Let drop us, know us a why. comment because just we're going to be why. talking about Radiohead at some point. Why are you into them? <laughs> I need to, I, I really want to understand Radiohead because I feel like I'm missing out on something, and you look like you've got something to okay, say. Okay, we're actually closing it out at number 68. What is and that? 68? On the Rise. A song called That's What Little Girls Are Made Of by Raven Simone. What the fuck? Look at this. Are you kidding me? What the fuck is that? Holy shit. That is so Raven. What the fuck? She's on she the billboard. Song in, in 1993. What was she, like eight? Uh, she was born in 1986, so she was seven. Seven. Yeah. Holy fuck. Right? That is crazy. And okay. it peaked at... Uh, okay, this was its peak, 68, but eight weeks on the Man. chart. We're going to do a bit of more research and come back to you next uh, next week with a little bit more info on that because... That's fucky. That is so Raven. Okay. Yeah. That's it yeah, for that's wild. Song of the week. Oh yeah. Now we're we're double dipping in the tragically hip pool. We're recording today on Saturday, August twentieth. We are about an hour and fifteen minutes away from what is potentially the final tragically hip concert. This is a big deal. This is like Canada's band right now. I think this is essentially Canada's moon landing. I think yep. in twenty years, everyone is going to know where they were for tragically hip's final show. Agreed. I mean, I'm not nearly as big a fan as you. I'm really getting into them super late in the game and i'm sad about that but this is this yeah. is a moment of canadian history the hip are my favorite band talia also loves the tragically hip which was one of the first things that we really bonded over like before we started dating that was one of the first kind of topics of conversation where we realized oh shit we have a thing in common i've seen them four times now i was lucky enough that we were able to get tickets the day before the show to see them in hamilton when a, a set was released by the arena right beforehand so this week's song is is nautical disaster.
which is one of my favorites and really speaks to who the hip are as a band because a lot of their songs are Canadian storytelling or just storytelling period. And this one is about the sinking of the Bismarck in World War II, which is pretty cool. But excellent song. Give them a listen. I hope that you were able to watch this show or hopefully Watched the CBC the make it available point, and yeah, yeah, put it on a DVD or something. Yeah. Because it's going mean, to be released, great. They've released DVDs before. Like there's the Bob Cage and DVD yep. and whatnot. So I'm sure this one, like this tour is going to have a DVD. Yep. I'm on the Bob Cage and DVD. Front row Santa. Yeah. Except I used to be really chunky. That was when I was almost almost 300 pounds. Now I'm almost 200 pounds. So maybe don't look for me in that. <laughs> that's 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 what we're going to leave you with. All right. Um, <laughs> Moving on. How about our spotlight? All right. 90s spotlight. Because I forgot. Oh, man. I didn't. Oh, shit. This I remember now. Yeah. This week's 90s spotlight is on an ever-present part of your elementary school photo. Photos, mushroom cuts parted down the middle. We're talking Jonathan Taylor Thomas circa home improvement. Oh, right oh, at the beginning man. of that. Oh, oh yeah. Mushroom cuts. How was that a thing? I don't know, but parted down the middle. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, um, Sean from Boy Meets World ooh. in the first couple seasons. I'm yeah. pretty sure he, he had did. a gnarly mushroom cut. It was gross. But he almost pulled it off like almost. if anyone if anyone could pull off a mushroom cut it was fucking sean from boy meets world because he was a badass he was the coolest he was it he wasn't was the like, hair though it was the it was what was inside yeah i think it's the fact like his name i'm pretty sure the actor's name is Ryder strong god damn it that's cool i'm looking that up just to who else had that stupid haircut you knew people who did for sure if you lived in the 90s and have any recollection of it his name is Ryder strong he has god the coolest damn it, that's name the ever coolest name that guy's lived a charmed life. Yeah. Oh, man, how cool would it be if we got Sean from Boy Meets World on this? Oh, my God. If anyone knows Sean from Boy Meets World? Tell him to drop us a line. Who else had this stupid haircut? I don't know. Um, you listed someone else earlier. There's got to be so many people. If you look at any TV show, like, do you think... Uh, they were ever-present. Do you think Bud Bundy had one? Like, you know, in... Uh, Maybe. Uh, Married with Children. We should go back and, like, this week's photo should be a montage of people who had that stupid haircut. Yeah, just, uh... We'll put that up for your listening pleasure. A bouquet of... A bouquet of hair. Yeah, anyway, we just wanted to remind you about that dumb, dumb haircut. Kids these days... Kids these days won't have it in their old pictures. Yeah, as far as I can tell, even the dumbest kid haircut these days Ooh, doesn't the compare. Like, a, like an undercut? Shaved. Just shaved on one side of your head. I don't know. It's pretty stupid. Also, the big we'll beard and man bun. Big beard and man bun might become the next mushroom cut parted down the middle. I don't think that's a, is that, I don't think it's a kid thing. That's like a, no, that's like it's a 20-something thing. It's just an ugly thing. You know, that's like, that's more like a mullet kind of Ooh, that is more like a mullet. Like, I don't know. Oh, God. 90s hair. Current hair. Mm. Hair in general. What's Just shave it all off. Hair? Shave your hair off. Do yourself a favor. Whoa. Save I'm hanging on to my hair. Long, beautiful hair. Fair enough. I think there was a musical written about that. Huh? Do we have anything for Thankfully Not 90s? No, we don't. This week on Thankfully Not 90s, it's up to you. Just think about think about something now that was better <laughs> back in the day. I've got That's one. we're crowdsourced. Okay. This week on Thankfully Not 90s, accurate nutrition info. Back in the 90s, You didn't know how much garbage you were eating, and you were fine with that, because you didn't know. Ignorance Now you do, especially in the States, like at McDonald's in the US, they have calorie info beside every single menu item. That's depressing. Yeah, I don't want to know that there's 380 calories in my McDouble, which I think is accurate. I think that is accurate. I don't want to know that. Why would you say that? But it's out there now. It's public knowledge. And now there's this whole mentality of looking at the nutritional info for whatever you're buying and being horrible 
horrified by it, and I hate it, and it didn't exist in the 90s. It sure was printed on the boxes, but no one cared. Calories didn't exist in the 1990s, I'm pretty sure. Calories didn't exist. Yeah, I, I like That's that. a direct quote from this podcast. Yep, calories were invented in the year 2000 by Al Gore. Al Gore is the most prolific inventor of our time. It's true. He invented the internet, he invented global warming, and he invented calories. You son of a bitch. All right, moving on to our sponsorship segment. Every week on the podcast, we like to give you a fake sponsor in the hopes that one day we'll have a real one. And some days we do have a real one, and that's super cool. Give us 15 bucks. Oh, 10 bucks. I just raised the price accidentally. <laughs> give us $10 and we'll plug your wares. However, no one did this week. Give so. us 15 and we'll do something real crazy. I don't even know what. I'm just I'm just stepping up to your yeah. challenge. All right. Well, it's out there now. So mystery sponsorship. Mystery sponsorships. This week in fictitious sponsors for our podcast, we bring you GeoCities. Angel Fire. Tripod. All of these early web do-it-yourself. You don't know how to code HTML? No problem. Just drag and drop some crap on this page and we're going to present this shit in its most pooptacular form. <laughs> Full of animated GIFs and just garbage formatting. Listen, Comic Chris, Sans MS. It's 1998, all right? It's 1999, maybe. I watch Ally McBeal. I need people to know that I have a website that proudly displays chattering teeth with eyeballs and a dancing baby and maybe text with fire around it. Ooh, fire text. How people do I make that text. happen? Ooh, spinning text too. The fire can spin, maybe. Well, how do I make that happen? You know what you can do? Yeah. You can Callista flock your oh. heart over to GeoCities and do it yourself. Do you know how to code HTML? No. It's really fucking easy, but you know what? You don't got time for that. It's the go-go 90s. Oh you just want to drag and drop some shit on a page. You can do it with GeoCities. You can That's probably so do it with Tripod. You might have been able to do it with Angel Fire. I'm pretty sure none of these companies exist anymore. That is so exciting. Now that I've finally got this website with the dancing baby on it, no one's going to call me a Lucy Loser. Oh. Hey. You need one more thing on that site? Yeah. A visitor counter. Oh, definitely have to have a visitor counter. Exactly. So you know how many tens of people <laughs> have seen that dancing baby over Geo its entire Cities, history thank you very much for propelling the early web into the craptacularness that it is now oh man i'm coming up with a lot of random poop words today yeah big on poop jokes today you yeah. guys are welcome this is now a dick and fart joke only podcast oh dear we'll uh we'll try to reclaim some things next next week especially with some raven simone info i had no idea that things were so raven so early they were pretty raven this is a game pretty changer early. guys this is a game changer. All right. So as always, you can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com. Check out our Facebook. That's accessible for anyone with Facebook at stuckinthe90spodcast. Mm, send us an email, stuckinthe90spodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at SIT90S. We're on Instagram. You can find us all over the place. Hit us up if you have any questions, comments. If you're into Radiohead and you want to tell us why, that'd be awesome because I really want to give Radiohead a chance. I just no, don't get it. I don't get it either. Oh, we have some very exciting news. So this week, by the time this podcast comes out, we will be featured on podcastguests.com, which will hopefully allow us to get some cool guests who did some cool stuff in the 90s or knew someone cool in the 90s or had some kind of 90s connection that will make this podcast more interesting. Yes. So we hope over the 
the coming maybe month or two that we'll be able to fit in some of these interviews into shows where it makes sense. We hope to God that somehow Ryder oh. Strong is involved with this project. God, that'd be the best. And can get on this show. I would also take I Jonathan Taylor Thomas. that. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, man. He might be involved in this. That would be insane. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, do you think he has a podcast? Do you think we could get matching haircuts? Ooh. What do you think Jonathan Taylor Thomas looks like Bowl nowadays? Cut. He's been in a couple episodes of Last Man Standing. Has he really? Apparently. I never huh. watch it. Last Man Standing is the 2010s answer to home improvement in that it is basically home improvement. It's Tim Allen with three kids, a wife, who rants on video about the shit going on in his life. He should just have a podcast. He How should. cool would a Tim Allen podcast would be? God, we have so many ideas. All right, yeah. let's close this thing out. We have the wheel. Give her a spin. All right. Uh, that was a terrible that spin. That was a rough spin. Like Bill Clinton in golf, I'm giving this another go. Next week, we are doing August 26th to September 1st, Year of Our Lord, 1997. What a fantastic year. What? Is it a fantastic year? We'll find out next week. Until then, the, the podcast, podcast is now, now over. over.